Hello and welcome to Potluck Personas with me, Katie Eden-Todd. In this series, we explore the unique persona archetype life maps of guests from all over the world. We discover the six personas in their life map and hear how their maps have helped them answer, who am I and what am I here for? They'll reveal their struggles, contradictions, dreams and vision for their lives. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome, Nigel, a primary nightingale. Hi, darling. How are you? I'm well, Katie. Thank you for having me on here. So. Oh, it's lovely to have you. And it's a little bit unusual to have a man that has primary nightingale. Of course, the personas are not gender specific. We have more feminine personas and more neutral personas and more masculine personas, but it's got nothing to do with gender. So you've got a nightingale on top. But before we go there, tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you from? A little bit about uh, me. Well, um, well, I was originally born in, in Sheffield, UK, back in 1968. Yep bit of a modern day gypsy came all the way out from uh, Britain with my parents when I was uh, a year old baby and um really we've been on one, one big adventure since then really moving around the countryside from South Australia living here in Brisbane in the early days in the 70s and yeah just really moving all over the place and, and really learning now Brisbane has been my home these last probably 45 or 40 odd years yeah. right yeah. So and that's that's yeah. That's where you're from. So tell us what would you like to just tell us about yourself? Oh. Who is Nigel? Who is Nigel? Yeah, that's that's a that's a challenging one actually. Um I think Nigel's just really discovering who he is in, in these last couple of years and ha having growing up in an Australian culture as a as a young, probably sensitive boy. Um sort of hiding who I really was. Um, this has been a real real discovery to sort of work out who I am and, and, and how I fit into this world. And I know I'm not that typical male archetype of, you know, just push your feelings aside, push it, shut your emotions down, just take it on the chin. I'm, I'm, I realise now I'm, I was not any of those. And yes. Yeah. And that would have been a hard thing to feel like you weren't fitting in maybe, Nigel, as you were growing up? Definitely. I, I always, I think, I mimicked a lot of time those around me in, in fitting in and suppressing who I really was. And and I know that that was to the detriment of, of my, my, my true soul purpose in this world, I guess. And it, it suited its purpose at the time to try and, hide that sensitive side of me a lot through you know and, and it never really helped me at all um, um, and what field did you end up going into Nigel and how well was the sensitivity that you're starting to talk about now accepted in in where you found yourself career-wise I mean career-wise I was originally originally going to become a civil engineer which would have suited that that I guess that type of man I was expected to be in society around then, but I ended up changing my mind and going more into science. 
and have been in, in science for probably 30 odd, 35 years now. And, um, and I guess it wasn't always received that well amongst my male peers. Um, there were challenging times in, in my early career where that, that, that more sensitive nature of me was coming out sometimes and I faced some really challenging times and I was, I was basically accused of being mentally unstable, I guess, and that was incredibly challenging and difficult to accept. Yes. Um, That's extraordinary, isn't it? I'm quite shocked to hear that, but we forget that in the last five to ten years there's been a very big cultural shift in what's seen as normal and what isn't, but we were very, very rigid in, well, in Australia, where you and I are from, but what mm. things were deemed okay for men and what things were okay for women or what things were okay mm. for people who are um, non-gender binary, LGBTQI, all those, like there was very strict things that we had to fit into. Of course, most of us don't fit the norms. And I've been talking about in these podcasts how we have personality masks that we think that's what we are, but it's not really our true identity, but it's it's bringing out some of our personas and archetypes and shutting down some others and shifting some around in the wrong order. It, they have been our adaptive behaviours to whatever we find ourselves in in life and the expectations, Nigel. So mm. I think to have very sensitive personas that as you have in your in your map at the top, real challenge but then also there's real gifts there as well so let's hear your map for starters and then we'll start exploring what they are well my map now that i've settled on it and did, it take, did it take a while Dallin? it did take a while because there was a little bit of confusion there initially with thinking i was primary swan um sort of made sense at the time with how i was trying to fit in with the, the culture around me yes but i think as like anything as time went on and i settled into that I realized a lot of the shares and it wasn't that obvious the shares I was putting through them in, in the persona grata community was very nightingale driven yeah. <laughs> so I mean that sort of made me realize I guess not nightingale was my, my primary was stronger person than swan. was stronger than swan for you yeah. so let's hear your map one to six so the map is nightingale one and then sparrow and two is it swan in three, dog in four. Can I just ask you, are you a hot swan or a cold swan? Well, a hot swan. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of firepower there, people. You know, we'll, we'll discuss that in a moment. Thank you. And what's number four? So four's dog and then owl in five and and the, the parrot in six, which is definitely I'm com more comfortable now than I ever was with beavers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is lovely. So uh, we also talk about missing animals. So probably adding missing lion and missing beaver has been hard work for you, Nigel. But we'll get <laughs> on to whatever we don't have, everyone, is what we're most triggered by in other people. And it's the hardest work. But we always say that whatever is the lowest animal score that you have when you do the quiz, uh, that's the light words of that animal persona. Mm. Put that in the centre of your map of six it's like it's a light switch that turns it on, but they're really hard lessons. It's not easy. But let's go to your number one. So primary nightingale, what does that mean for you, Nigel? How would you describe yourself? Because nightingale then touches every other persona in your map. What's important for your nightingale and, and what do you see as its strengths and what do you see as where it might have got you in a little bit of trouble? 
my, my strengths with Nightingale are to have really been to appreciate and embrace the beauty and how um, deep I can go with emotions, with around um, a death in the family, yes. um, Ill, um, illness. Um, it's it has been a real gift that I see now, um, and I do realise that when I reflect on my Nightingale journey. But some of the greatest challenges with that is to get caught up in that grieving so deeply that um, I can be overshadowed by the darkness and just spiral downwards and, and, and not not be able to find a way out. And I, and I guess the, the, the gift that comes with that as well is, is I can really empathise and, and feel with where someone else is at yeah. um, and not just hear them, what they're saying, but, but really know in my heart and in my soul but it's quite emotional for me to even say that now and because I have to be careful when I go there to be mindful of, of how deep and far-reaching those emotions can be. So, yeah, it is a challenge and something I'm learning to get better with with time, but it's a beautiful gift to be able to say to someone and look at them, I see you, you know, um, and I see your journey, I see your struggle, I feel your pain. beautiful Nigel I I I love hearing this in a man who's worked as a scientist for 35 years it's unexpected and probably because most of us spend our time in number two or number three we don't Mm. know what our true soul self is we become our personality and what we do in work often becomes what we think our number one is because our world values work and achievement and money so much more than it does our core essence of being. So for you to uncover that really, I'm all about finding meaning and connection with people on a humanitarian level to be a messenger of hope and love and empathy, which is what Nightingales are about. Though at times you can be lost in the underworld and no one can reach you. Let's face it, that's the hard side of it as well. You feel so much that it just leaves you crippled. Like I say, it's like the nightingale's on the bottom of the cage with its legs stuck in the air. It's crashed yet again, and yep. I'm, I'm in the death position. I, I do relate. Mine's not as high, but mine's four. But I get that. So what has it meant for you to have this part of your soul essence, the true self of Nigel, is actually a nightingale? He's not a sparrow. He's not a hot swan. He's actually a nightingale. To get that named inside, what did that feel like? For you, Nigel, it was really quite um, touched me deeply. Yeah, it's very hard to articulate with words how how deeply feeling it can be to be Nightingale. Um, those who don't understand will see it. Someone who's probably emotionally having a difficult time but it's it's a beautiful gift to be able to know that I can connect with someone in, in a very authentic and, and raw way um, yeah. and you don't and a lot of time in that in that situation you can dispense with having to go through this other rigmarole to explain or to, people you just know it's just a knowing it is and that beautiful connection with having other personas like the parents it's stuff that coming there with all of that it's just it really is what my soul my soul really enjoys and loves is just that connection with 
and I did today when I was out. I had random two gentlemen, just beautiful smiles and just a beautiful short connection, but it was just heartfelt. And it really made, made me feel enriched beyond measure, which I've missed all those years of growing up. And, yeah. Um, yeah, such a beautiful gift. It really is. Yeah, it really, really is. I think everyone listening to you here, Nigel, will just be deeply touched hearing how deeply and authentically you are expressing that you are a very genuine person and it's heart first for you all the way. And But you are also interested in spiritual study and philosophy and mm. this it really matters to you exploring these things and that's what nightingales like to be about as well isn't it oh definitely i mean i just i don't i don't seek to always i guess it's it's an exploration and a journey in itself to not necessarily always understand but but just the curiosity side of it is just it, I, I really love that because there's, a, there's more there's a deeper connection to life that i am seeking and um, I don't always get what those meanings are because I try to not be in my head being a scientist too much. And and it's really taught me a valuable lesson. In, in It's okay to not know, but it's okay to just feel that in my soul and in my heart, what that could be in that philosophical journey. Um, I don't need to understand it. No. I, I, I need to sit with the un, that, that feminine, the unknown, and, and it's really quite a beautiful thing. I'm, and I'm quite actually really comfortable with that now much more than I ever was then but you have to be certain about it so just jumping ahead a little bit because you've got our five and you're a scientist and that's very much the the realm of owls <laughs> would you say it the person that you were before you knew your life map before you knew your persona archetypes do you feel like our was sort of imposing itself higher in your personality identity and so it was wanting to understand things intellectually rather than experience them on a... Oh, oh definitely. Most definitely. And I, that was very prominent in my university time, you know, my, the four years at uni. And very, very prominent. There's was, there was no um, thought of, you know, the mystery side of it was probably there, but it was was very intellectual. I had, you know, to know things to be, to understand everything. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, that's, that's not... That's not the truth in it all anymore. It feels like to me as you're talking here that now owl's been put in its rightful place in your mm -hmm. system. It hasn't been overemphasized that, you know, you're an owl two or you're an owl one. It's now in five. And mm -hmm. owl's natural love of learning and curiosity comes in under your nightingale, but the focus of what you're learning has now changed to be nightingale subjects, nightingale interests, and the owl curiosity just goes along with it. Oh yeah, I, I, I said I feel so comfortable. I could muck around and, and, and force things to change, but I, I'm really comfortable where it's at, and it, it and it just feels right now. It really does. Instead of that 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 head driven curiosity and wanting to be certain about things, I now have that curiosity under the nightingale and with exploring with the heart and and, and the soul and my soul purpose and stuff. And it's it's really change how I look at things I don't need to have all the answers and I never will you know, it's, it's it's all a mystery it's all a beautiful journey oh you are speaking my language here so a huge compass change in orientation for your life we talk about our number one being our true north and our source of soul nourishment having moved from 
be it sparrow, owl or hot swan and making it nightingale, your whole life will be unravelling but then also reorienting in alignment with your true self. And that is a very profound thing to experience, isn't it, Nigel? Oh, it definitely has, especially these last six or eight weeks or even three and four months of my life of mine. I've gone to depths and places in my nightingale I never could have imagined, um, especially around a, a separation in my relationship and around my health, um, chronic um, health issues. And it's just been a real challenge, but there's a real beautiful gift in that too. And I, and I see that now as I come through it and come through out the other side that not to get so far caught in the darkness that no one can reach can reach me and, and exactly yeah beautiful so let's go on to sparrow too it's how you go out into the world um, and sparrow is like the the inner child personified for those who are new to this language and that we can have a hurt child or a light child but we sort of it's always got that youthful exuberance and uh forever young and innocent na naivety as well so for you going out in the world sparrow how, how do you drive your life as a sparrow going out, Nigel? What would be the description of that? I just, when I'm around a group of people, even, it doesn't really have to be, I just enjoy, it's, it's, there's a buzz of energy. There's a joyness a lot to bring to it, a lightness. Um, it doesn't mean I, I'm ignorant of, of things going around me in the world I, with, with intense things that are happening all around my even in my own life but I just I love bringing a bit of joy yeah and, and I love just my, letting my imagination go with things sometimes and, and yeah it's just it's it's rediscovering that and, and, and exploring that more has been a challenge but I, I now know when I, I look at anything to do with even astrology or cosmology I just my spirit just goes wow Imagine, and I just my imagination just runs when I listen to particular music. If I'm out or with people, I just my imagination, my spirit just just loves it. It's like it's in full flight. It's just yeah. So you've set your sparrow free in in uh, number two, going out into the world, and you're mm. now accessing the light side, the gifts of it. Yeah. How when we, when we don't allow in our personalities, when we don't allow particular personas out because that didn't suit how we tried to survive and fit in as we grew up. When your sparrow was not allowed out, how does it express itself in child and how does it get you into trouble? There's a lot. It can be resentment. <laughs> um, well, if I think back to as a five-year-old, there's no rational thinking. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's all about me. It's what about me and my, my needs are not being met. But, you know, it's just, it's a real can be a bit of a almost like a child childish tantrum in a way i guess oh, almost <laughs> you can't you can't rationalize with a, a, a five-year-old no. in the middle of a tantrum just... can it get chaotic and confused and ask lots of people for advice what do i do here what do i do here not trust not trust itself because it feels like it's a kid in an adult world is that something you oh, definitely i i have been there sometimes and it's um i've been there a lot in the past and I sometimes still go go there if I get a little bit overwhelmed but I've got to learn to just allow and sit back and just recenter myself and take remove myself from a situation or 
or do whatever is if it means sitting by the ocean or sitting in the mountains or going out to the country or just laying there and just being still or, or just to recenter that and calm that that child sparrow down it's, it's a huge huge change i could easily go there at the moment with my where my life's at um but it doesn't do me any service yeah. it actually adds to the pain doesn't it when the sparrow takes over and gets very terrified of being alone and an awful mm. separation will always bring up those issues in anybody yeah. if you've got that persona in your map so you could get chaotic needy want to be codependent on others but mm. what you just described there nigel which is just fabulous is how to parent your inner child which this work is also about self-parenting it's self-discovery and self-parenting mm -hmm. and you know what helps ground your sparrow so it doesn't wind itself into a frantic frenzy of panic well definitely like i said i was probably six six weeks ago i was definitely there the sparrow was a bit frantic at night time closing a lot the walls were closing in around me and um trying to do anything and anything to distract myself at the time it was it was a challenge but it, it and it's a daily thing too it's not something i can just do once and it lasts me a lifetime it's it's a lifetime practice of of, of being focused and, and doing those things i mean there's going to be challenging times in my life i'm sure ahead um where my sparrow gets a little bit worried and feathers get a bit fluffed up yeah <laughs> anxious and panicking melodramatic <laughs> <laughs> all of the above <laughs> yeah yep. but you're really learning how to parent it and that's one of the things that i have found so helpful with my map as well nigel mm. is when i can feel that i'm falling into the shadow into the child parts of myself and i know that's going to end up badly and mm. also that my self-esteem will suffer that i'll i'll hate myself more afterwards i'll be more critical afterwards it's catching mm. it before or early in it so we don't have a wallow in that stuff because we just know where it's going to end. We've been yep. there a million times before and stopping ourselves from putting the, our hand on the hot stove is better than having to go and get the burns treatment again and again. again. Ended up in the bottom of the cage in one night. So that's great. So, yeah, your sparrow's having a freak out and then it's where our personas underneath can go off into child and they've all got their own particular array of traits which are fascinating to see and they've all, there's no good personas there's no bad personas they've all got brilliant genius <laughs> talents and gifts and they've all got really fucked ways of being which is what we want to be handling but when our underneath our two to six go off inevitably it'll pull our number one into child so after your sparrow's had its hysterical attack and freak out then the, then we'll find that nigel's on the bottom of the cage with his legs <laughs> in the air and I think you know a little bit of humor is not a bad thing because that could break the spell of child because yeah. the child believes whatever's happening it's always like this it's never be fixed there's no solutions and I'm the victim end of story I don't care what persona we're in and we want to break that spell because we don't want the reality of a four-year-old driving our car that's, that's not good. Doesn't end well. So let's go on to your hot swan in relationships, Nigel. So we've got this beautiful, everyone can hear this gorgeous, kind, empathetic, compassionate, deep man. And then fuck me, Nigel, hot swan. Where do you go when you're triggered in child in hot swan? Oh, the hot swan's really in fine form, I guess. Just <laughs> and that's and that's un underneath the the child sparrow, yeah, when the child sparrow's offended, he's the, a tantrum because he's offended because you patronised me, and then where does the swan go? 
<laughs> hot swan just goes off. Becomes rather insulting, nasty. <laughs> yeah. Hot swans, when they go off, I've got a vocab of 12 words I might just mention. Yeah. Yeah, and the IQ just, drops. Yeah, the IQ drops. It's just outward personal abuse and attack, which is their yeah. way in child of defending themselves because mm. they're feeling ambushed or exploited or betrayed. And so they immediately get very hot and angry. So can you get to anger pretty quickly, Nigel, if, if oh, the hot one's the hot, the hot swan's always simmering there somewhere and it's and and it's and it's and it's quite hard and when it harsh when it comes out because when the hot swan has come out in the past and people have said things to me and and, and I've had felt hurt and I thought yeah it shouldn't have gone there. Yeah. It's 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 not a nice thing that comes out that the harshness in the, the what I say and how I and it's quite I'm quite good at it too. And it's not something I'm proud of that I can hurt someone very easily. And it's it's not that hot it's not that part of the hot swan that I no. really like. Yeah. It's it doesn't it's not becoming no, well, the any of us is not becoming. It actually repels connection <laughs> and love. But what would a swan love to be connect with with other people? Like, what are the, the hot swan things that the swan loves that you would like to be able to share with people in relationships and, and enjoy together? Just if I had a, if I was my ideal, that that perfect elder, the adult swan is to be in in an, in an environment where, if I'm in a small community, where where everybody's got the same sort of, I guess, philosophy and, and, and beliefs of raising a family and community and, and, and nurturing the land and growing and growing our own food and supporting each other, really being there for each other in times of need. And then same thing within my own family. It's just to be able to provide a safe and nurturing environment for them. And that's all I ever want. I don't, I don't like that hot swan. Yeah. That yeah. connection through community, it's just, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, Gorgeous. We should mention that swans, hot swans can get quite paranoid and mistrusting of people and their agendas and motivations. And they can be quite blind, I think, Nigel, to how they're rejecting themselves and they're not mm. trusting themselves. And then that gets put on, projected onto others, and they become overly focused on I can't trust authority, I can't trust, which, you know, there's some degree of truth there, obviously. I can't trust. Oh, yeah. I can't trust that. You need to check their motives. Like that, that can get in the way of connection and, re and friendship relationships. Has that ever got in the way for you? It, it has a little bit in the past that I know, especially with certain people I've, I've mixed around with, and, and you can easily get caught into that narrative of, of, of distrust so much that it severs that connection. Yeah. Um, there is an element of truth, I guess, in, you know, can, can you trust anybody in authority to do always do a good job? Of course not, but I'm talking personal relationships. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to spare the whole world from the favourite topic of swans, you know, how you can't trust. I get that. Let's not go there. Yeah. In yourself. But in myself, I mean, it's to have that trust in the relationship, to trust myself that um, that, that I can go there and, and, yeah. and then stay out of, that hot swan, yeah, and not get paranoid and and mistrusting of my partner or or, or whoever else whoever else is in my personal sphere. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a much more healthy place to be to trust being trust my own power, personal power within that within that arena than than it is to go into to child swan and 
yeah, and hurt people around me. It doesn't it doesn't you're hurting. So when we're in child, we're all hurting and we're in fear, but we we're not aware of this. That's the point of this language. Mm. Put a talk <coughs> on what's really going underneath unconsciously. But when swans are really strong about being an aggressive about not trusting. I always can find and have seen underneath that, Nigel, that would be a time where you're actually in fear of your own worth and lovability. Mm, and definitely. You don't trust in your goodness. You don't trust in your worth. You don't trust that you are a lovable human being. And as you're rejecting yourself and not even realising it, it starts to come out in pushing others away so that they don't get to see it. So a hot swan mm. doesn't want intimacy. It just it masters pushing people away, I think, in relationships. Yeah, no, I have done that a lot in the past. And yeah. I was in with the anxiety that was rife with, within my life. I, I pushed people away to protect yeah. myself. But um, it, all if, that leaves you with is feeling yeah. orphaned and lonely. Yeah, it does. Sparrow <laughs> and your dog don't want. So the swan's getting in the way here, putting his big bloody size 36 boots in the way. <laughs> Let's have a look at your dog. So we've got two really codependent in child personas in your top four so you've got dog four and the other mm. very codependent persona in child not in adult is sparrow so what's your dog like as your it's your underlying identity uh and it's how you will stop yourself going forward at times because you will believe what does the dog when the dog's not doing well what does it think about itself oh it's pretty low opinion it's really and to, to fix that i would you know, I'd, I'd do, try and do things. So, oh, can I do this for you? Can I? Can, can, I'll do that. You used to stay there, you know, don't get up, I'll do it. And I'd, Are you going to be the manservant? Yeah. Dog swan. <laughs> and, and how does your hot swan appreciate you being a manservant dog's body? How does your hot swan really relate to that? <laughs> Not real good. Not real good, <laughs> pathetic. So is this yeah. interesting because... The dog always feels not good enough and I'm a servant mm -hmm. and I'm less than and I'm inferior and I'm not good enough to do that. So it's always backing away in child. And so that being in four is very powerfully what you could do for yourself. But then it will go into overcompensating and pleasing and I'll do that, I'll do yeah. that, being yeah. servile. And your hot spot will be enraged that your dog is behaving like that. It does. It's a real war sometimes. And then your hot swan goes off and you don't realise that it was you that set up that rage attack from your hot swan. It wasn't anybody out there. It was that you'd fallen into dog and see very much four, five and six are unconscious. We don't see it. So it's good to, do you find it's helpful to know that, that if I go into child dog, I'm going to set my hot swan up for a, a outburst? Oh, it's yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, and it happens very subtly and very quickly. Yes. That, that that's the the awareness is not always there soon enough but it's it is there that i can realize that i'm going okay i'm not going there just have to you know i just have to remove myself from a situation and not engage in it because because it just it just goes the hot the swan gets worse than the dog yeah it's just it's like a dog chasing its tail <laughs> It's a very good image. And we always talk about with this language that when we can see ourselves in child, because we don't know that before this, but mm. we see the, the innate archetypal pattern of our maps and of, and of our particular persona archetypes in child, even though we don't want to and it nearly kills us, we want to try and push pause, don't we, before we go too far and do too much damage. It's, it's, it's yeah, it, the pause button... That's mastery. That's adult. The adult comes yeah. and he goes, hey, 
we're stopping there. I say to my inner child, go to your room. Do not speak until you have got something worthwhile to say and you can say it kindly. Go to your room. And I won't let my child out because, you know, you might shock you, Nigel, but having a raven lion and a foot in mouth parrot top three, I've been known to say some pretty fucking horrible things. And you know you're in child, everyone, when you're feeling triggered. (laughs) And I can be, you know, completely fine to triggered to 100% rage in a nanosecond. I have to push pause and my child fights me. And it's like, you go into your room and I zip my lip. And I'm so grateful. Half an hour later, I think, thank God. Thank God I didn't let that out because I don't want to hurt others. I don't want to be destructive to myself and others from my child part. That's the point of self-parenting. It's pushing pause. It's, it's when I come from that place of pushing the pause button, I'm learning more now to be more curious uh, about what's going on underneath, that what's triggered yeah. you to go there? Yeah. What's, tri- what's triggering me? And I think, you know, okay, well, I, I've had an incident where something was once said. It was quite, my hot swan came out. It was, it was quite vocal. I was in child all over the place. But when I got home and I sat and reflected on what had happened with that incident, I became, when I became more curious, I said the pause button didn't get hit when it needed to, but the, but being more curious later on, I realised, okay, the other person I was talking to was just really scared and frightened. Yeah. Even though we were both angry, I realised the more I've engaged in being curious, and that's in a way it's a pause button itself, it really changes that judgement that comes from it with me judging someone else that they, you know, you, you just don't understand, you're not listening to me. It's just not a... I, don't, I suppose in any given situation, I'm not hearing them, they're not hearing me anyway, so... Yeah. That's, that's exactly the definition of when we're in child. And most adults are in child most of the time without realising it somewhere or another. And that sets up ongoing conflict and a sense of it keeps hitting those wounds we all have about the places inside of ourselves that are not seen and heard and loved and understood. It just keeps triggering that. Great. So let's move on to your hour five, uh, secret dream. I keep hearing the word curiosity, which is absolutely an our word. Every persona has its own language. The love of learning. Just briefly, Nigel, um, what do you love about your owl? I love it. It's just curious. I, I love the curiosity of, the, the, of my owl of where it is. It's just, like I said, I, whatever I engage in, I'll, sometimes I just go, well, that's just straight over my head or it's going something about it resonates with what I'm reading. Or, it's just... It's the wonder that comes with that curiosity, with the, with the, the imagination, with the sparrow too, and it's just, yeah, I love it. Um, Beautiful. Without having to seek to have to know and be certain about everything with the owl before, I don't need that. It's just just engaging in that exploration, the curiosity around it. It's, it's, that, that's enough. It is. And actually sparrow and owl that you have in your masculine 2-5 are opposites, but mm. in the adult they feed each other beautifully because it's... Oh. The owl moved to awe and wonder and imagination. This is what Einstein had. And he always mm. said imagination was more important than knowledge because yeah. he got that double whammy. Let's move yeah. on to your number six, just in the interest of time here. You yeah. have a parrot at home, Nigel, and that took, can take a long time to find our number six. But when you found it, what was it like to realise you were a parrot at home? It, it did it. When I, again, when I thought it was beaver and, and I realised it was a parrot, I just said, that connection with my kids, as much as the connection outside the community, it's just 
the connection with my, my, my family is really important and that, that matters to me most, how, how the dynamics of our relationship. Am, am, am I in a, in a good heart space to, to listen to them when they need to be heard? The, the hot swan and you know it's it's more that's more important to me now um i'm still learning to explore that i guess because we only have a little bit of six yeah is a secret strength that we might not have really valued before yeah i guess that's why i probably still struggle with it a bit now because like i said for so long i thought it was beaver at home but i'm gone yeah that's the opposite isn't it like how organized are you and you know your daily chores nigel that's a really good question. I'll have to get back to that one. See, if you're a beaver at home, you've got it all, because I am. Yeah, all of that's under control. Power at home, bit chaotic and messy because it's not what they value. It's not It's not what's important to you. No, it's 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 an aside thing that's, and this, I don't, you know, like, yeah, it's a bit chaotic, but what's more important to me is, is the heart that, yeah, Nigel, this has been absolutely fabulous. I am so appreciative of all that you've shared. Could you finish up now for us with just saying a little bit about you're obviously at a crossroads. Uh, you've just recently separated from a very long-term marriage and uh, you've found some answers to who am I, but what's your vision for your life right now, knowing that you're not in a go get them sort of phase, you're in a, a rediscovery phase and an ending, a completion phase, aren't you? Yeah, it's when I think of, of where I am at life and embracing the unknown and sitting in the uncertainty, I really, I can't be 100% certain what's going to happen or how my life is going to unfold. And that previously would have scared, scared me quite a lot. And in a way, it still does a little, but I'm becoming more comfortable with embracing that I just don't know. And I, I don't, I'm not certain about anything. Um, I just trust that things will unfold as they are supposed to. Yeah, what a different way to live your life, Nigel. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, but it's it's living in that liminal, that time in a liminal phase of my life where it's, it's a death and a birth, rebirthing. It's I don't know where I am at in that that phase of things, but it's yeah, it's it's really truly a mystery. Which, which I hear a little bit of excitement about the mystery there rather than fear of the unknown, there's mm. excitement about the mystery. And we also teach in this work about life, death, rebirth. So it's very important to honour and go through the grieving process and honour the death fully if we are going to rebirth our lives in alignment with our true soul selves. If we want to skip over it, we're likely to just go and repeat the same old pattern, the same old life we had before. But you're not going to do that, Nigel. No, no. Just the, to walk through the doorway where joy and happiness and gratitude are, they're alongside sadness, grief and everything else. And That's it. To, to allow it to flow through and not get stuck and caught up and then push every other persona into child. So, yeah. yeah. I, what I hear in you is an enormous amount of trust now in life mm. and trust in knowing who you are so that the choices you make from here in are going to be about your true soul self, not about who you thought you had to be as a young man growing up in Australia. I certainly, Katie. <laughs> I certainly. Thank you, my darling. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you today. 
Thanks everyone. We'll have someone new in our potluck personas next time. Mm-hmm.